Hey there, Zlatko here. Welcome to What Is My Brain podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I get the opportunity to chat with fellow founders and business operators about their journey and how they got to where they are now, where they are going and how they're going to get there. I'm planning on bringing guests and touching on topics such as running multiple businesses, executing ideas, and just spitballing about random topics and current events. It's a casual conversation, and that will hopefully bring value to anyone that decides to listen. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. All right, man, we are absolutely live right now. Uh, Sharif, thank you so much, my man. Like uh, before our little, um, before I hit record, I know you, uh, you said we, I think we last time we talked was probably around like a year. So um, finally get to catch up and uh, see what you've been up to, um, see what you've been working on. And I also want to figure out how the hell we met because I think it was either through Twitter or something else, but I, I want to figure out, go back and figure out and, and see what the track record was there to, to, uh, to how we got connected. So uh, I want to give you the floor, my man. Just go ahead and uh, give, us, give a little introduction of uh, what you're working on and anything else you want to talk about, dude. The floor is yours. Sure, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, it's been about a year since we chatted. I've you know, been going on a, j- a journey post-acquisition uh, of, my, of my marketing company and uh, as, as being, being a founder. I'm a three times founder now, and I'll, I'll kind of touch on that a little bit. But yeah, going on that journey, and, and I think you've been kind of going through a little bit of that yourself. There's uh, some of that, let's call it growth phase fatigue that happens after you, you <laughs> yeah. build a company to a certain stage. And, and how you navigate that after is, is a really interesting process. It's, it's almost a full circle process. And so that took me a year uh, to kind of come to. And I think, uh, I think I figured it out now. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if this rant uh, is coherent. <laughs> the question and, is, do we, do, we, do we ever, do we ever really figure it out? My answer is no to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that, well, that's part of my rant, I guess, in a way, but, uh, yeah. and I think we met on Twitter. I, I think that's the answer. I think we met on Twitter. Okay. Okay. Perfect, man. Perfect. Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about your, you know, going depth in, uh, in terms of your background, um, you know, your yeah. marketing agency and and everything else that you've tapped into. I know you were even in the uh, beverage or cooking space or something like that as well. So, uh, which is very interesting to me. I, I love cooking. I love all things uh, food. So um, I'd love to tap into all of that and, and, and how you uh, came about into, you know, marketing and all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll go back a little bit more because I know sometimes when you tell your story, you kind of talk about your origin and your family and stuff. So maybe I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll kind of touch a little bit on that. But please, please. Um, so my dad used to tell me this interesting story about my about my grandfather. My, my family's from East Africa and North Africa. And so my grandfather came from India to East Africa to build a railroad, and he was he was illiterate. He couldn't he couldn't read or he couldn't write. But eventually, somewhere down the line, he made a little bit of money. And my dad always tells this story about how he, the first thing my grandfather spent his money on was a newspaper subscription, and he taught himself to read from that. And I, I found that really really interesting years later down the road because. I realized that one of the things that my parents always taught me and, and, they, and they instilled in me was the ability to learn and how do you learn? How do you absorb knowledge? Um, the value of reading and kind of being a lifelong student. You know, I really appreciate and tip my hat to my parents for that. They, they, they instilled the, the importance of that in me. And, and to this day, I, I see that value. Um, it's, it's really interesting how that, how that kind of pops up later. But, you know, ironically, no one in my family uh, growing up, apart from a couple uncles here and there, was an entrepreneur. And so I always found that interesting. And I never knew that entrepreneurship could be a career. I, no one really highlighted that to me. I thought just, I, I don't know why, I just never really realized you, right. could, you could come up with an idea, take it from concept to reality and commercialize it. 
you know, for me, it was yeah. always, you know, coming from an immigrant background, you, and I'm sure you had the same as like engineer, scientist, doctor, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, what I've come to realize now, looking back and thinking of things was that everyone in my family had an entrepreneurial mindset. And that's something that I've really come to terms with now post post kind of being a founder and, and, and selling my company and exiting another was that, and I, and I struggled with this for a little bit, is that you don't have to, in order to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to be on the cap sheet. You don't have to be the CEO. You can still be entrepreneurial. And I think in, in this decade, you know, prompted by Shopify and all this stuff that's going on, it's never been more true that you can be entrepreneur, right. you can have an entrepreneurial mindset and you can take an entrepreneurial creative approach to problem solving. And I recognize that everyone in my family has always taken that in, in later stages in life, they've sometimes become entrepreneurs now, you know, then their second career and their retirement careers and whatnot. And I kind of had a similar story. So originally I was an environmental scientist, so I went the science route. So kind of yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So self fulfilling prophecy went the science route, and I always love science. To this day, I love science, and um, I didn't go the doctor route. I became an environmental scientist. Um, I kind of specialized in, in sustainable tech, so I've always had a, a tech angle. My, my dad was always very keen on tech, which was very fortunate that we were able to kind of fool around with gadgets and things. But the interesting thing about about that stage of my life was I was an environmental scientist. I had a purpose. So, you know, saving the environment, promoting sustainability. And through happenstance, somewhere down the line of being an environmental scientist, I, you know, I worked in the government, I worked in the private sector, and I worked in NGOs. And the reason I did that kind of hits on something that you posted the other day about asking questions and staying curious. Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, I don't know if I want to be in the government. I don't know if I want to be in private sector. And Ottawa in Canada is a particularly government-driven city. Almost two in four people work in the government. So it's, wow. you know, it's, if you're being a scientist, normally they tell you in university, you're going to med school, you're going to be a researcher in the university, or you're going to the government. And so okay. to me, that sounded a little bit crazy because the government kind of sounded like it sucked. Like you're just, you're in this dusty old library and, you know, I, I had summer jobs and working in, yeah. uh, in insect lab and things like that. And it, and it's a little bit antiquated and it didn't have that drive and excitement. So I'm like, no, this, this can't be the answer. And so I wanted to stay curious kind of as your quote said. And so kind of jumped around in the different sectors and, and, and tried them all out. And somewhere down the line, I ended up really taking a, a, a love uh, to marketing and the tech side okay. and the side of science communications, which I'm, which I'm still kind of involved in today. And so that's kind of how I got involved in marketing. So it was in kind of science communications and marketing and education and the digital side. And eventually I had a friend that came to me one day and he goes, I'm opening a taco restaurant. Would you like to just do the marketing for it? And he goes, I know you don't really do this, but... You know, you, you've taken the summer. I've taken a bit of a summer off uh, for three, four months. And he goes, I'll give you free tequila and tacos for life. That was that was the deal. <laughs> no and, better no better bargain than that, dude. <laughs> yeah. And boy, did I regret that deal. And boy, did he regret that deal. Because it ended up taking a lot of my time. And, and I was eating every meal over there and smashing tequilas over the summer. But what I did recognize was that I loved solving problems. And, and that kind of comes from science as well. And and. I love right. having that answer and then, you know, question and answer. And I guess that's the entrepreneurial mindset as well. And so I realized there's all these small business owners out there that don't understand at the time social media, which was super new. And they don't yeah. know how to gather content. They don't know how to put it out there. What if I create that service and build a team of people that come into your business for X amount of hours a week and you pay a monthly retainer fee, which is a super common model now. But at the time, we were the first one in town to do it. Um, and I'll just scale out like that. Every restaurant could, you know, pay three, four hundred bucks a month. And so next thing I know, fast forward two, three years later, I had a full-fledged restaurant marketing agency and we took on some other clients, but it was primarily the food business. And that's how I got involved in some food businesses and e-commerce and whatnot. 
And so that grew. And I, th- I think our plateau at was like maybe 15 to 30 clients, somewhere in there. And it was a really small team, mostly contractor based and myself. And so recognizing that I need to scale up, I said, okay, well, I have two choices. I can either invest capital, which I don't really have right now because my margins are, they're, they're very similar to the restaurant industry, actually 30% margin. Right. Seems like every business is like that. Yeah. But um, that, that was, you know, not, couldn't do too much long-term planning based on that. And I think it was probably 20, somewhere between 25 and 28 at the time. So I sold half the agency to this other web marketing firm that had been around for a long time. And so they had a couple things that I didn't have. Well, one, they had accounting, they had admin, they had the reputation they'd been around for a long time and they had website services. I really, I knew how to do website stuff, but I really did enjoy doing it because when you're doing the marketing, you're out there in meetings and stuff every day. You don't really have time to sit down at a terminal and build a website. And I didn't like the idea of handing it over to anyone um, because they don't understand the brand and whatever. That's a whole other rant. Right. So I partnered with this company and we worked together for about three years. We grew quite, quite strongly um, from about four people to about 15. And now we have this website side things and then COVID hit. And luckily before COVID, my business partner had had the foresight to say, we need to diversify a little bit for multiple reasons. Restaurant clients are kind of a bit of a pain sometimes on the payment side. Yeah. Um, and he just loved bigger corporate clients. He was a very corporate guy. And so we made that pivot and, and it was a really luckily in time because it was right before COVID. And so we still retained about 30% of our restaurant clients, but we diversified out. So we did a lot of property management stuff and property management was uh, and construction companies, which was booming. And we did some tech stuff as well for some uh, bigger cybersecurity companies, which was also booming. So we were able to weather the pandemic really well. No one got laid off. Um, everything was, you know, business as usual. But again, I start to think about, okay, how do we reach that next step? And how do we do that growth? So originally when I'd been looking around at companies to partner with, there was another guy who put an offer on the table. It was a younger gentleman. And his company was called Web Marketers. And he only did websites. Um, he did some Google ad stuff as well, which we didn't really do. So called him up and we ended up selling again half the company to him. And now we became four partners, a larger agency specializing in paid Google, um, website design backed by SEO data um, or SEO practices, sorry, best practices and the social media side. And we were the leading kind of social media, one of the leading social media agencies in town. They were one of the leading web marketing agencies in town. So it, it was a really good kind of marriage. And so that's kind of how I weathered COVID, but um you know, as some things kind of happen here, and let me let me kind of revert to my notes here. Well, I'll, I'll touch on a couple of things. So one thing was I really liked food marketing because it had a really frequent buying cycle. People eat three times a day. And so pulling from that science side of my brain, you like, you like to run experiments and, and kind of learn. And so that stuff kind of got lost now because we weren't able to do that. And so getting my hands dirty wasn't something I got to do as much anymore. You're a bigger company. You're kind of doing HR and you're, you're kind of worrying about you know, different things. And you, it's really easy to get caught up as you grow it. And there's, there's three kind of things that, that I, uh, where did I have it here? Oh yeah, here we go. So three kind of growth traps that I noticed so this is kind of from my own kind of learnings and I'm sure you can familiarize with it. Maybe we can chat about yeah. it. Too. One was like burnout. I was burning out. I had, like, like you said, I had, I started a ghost kitchen as well and I had a snack delivery company and I had this marketing company that I'm, you know, managing partner for creative director. And so burning out for sure. Delegation becomes a little bit more chaotic because the staff also doesn't know when you have multiple partners who's leading things. You know, I had a partner that would kind of zoom in for a day a week, completely kind of, you know, dust off the whiteboard. And now we're like starting at ground zero and, you know, right. the team, the team's kind of confused. And then there's that imposter syndrome as well. You know, how did I get here? Because I kind of got there through serendipity. I, you know, I, did, I didn't do an MBA. 
I, you know, I had a science background. I never had a marketing background or a business background. So do I deserve to be here? How, why am I making these choices? Are they the right choices? They appear to be, but who knows? Yeah. Did you ever kind of have that, I guess, you kind of challenge yourself? Yeah, I mean, dude, I think, uh, I, I think it's weird if you don't have it, actually. I think I'd flip that around and say, if you don't have that, um, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's really, really good to come to a place where you don't know how you got there. Just knowing mm -hmm. that, you know, I didn't put, I didn't put that, you know, people feel like, so one of the, one of the big things that uh, kind of like write about and preach about when it comes to entrepreneurship is like, everybody wants to over plan. Everyone yeah. wants to, I want to plan to get here. And then when I get there, I'm going to plan the next thing. I want to plan, I want to plan, I want to plan. I have a very big problem with that. And partially it's because of my personality and partially it's because I just don't feel like you can plan for the unknown. You can sit here. I, my friend has this uh, um, saying that he, that he uh, told me a long time ago and that I use all the, uh, all the time. It's like expectations are just resentments waiting to happen hmm. because what you end up, what you end up hoping is going to happen, even if it's off a little bit, you're going to be mostly disappointed because you're going to be like, that didn't happen the way I expected it to happen. So if you actually want things to happen, you just actually have to do them. And then when you do them, you get to another like point B at that point. And then at point B, you say, okay, what's the next thing I need to do? And what do I need to fix on point B now that I'm here? You can mm -hmm. only really in entrepreneurship, in my opinion, you can only fix things when you actually experience them because you don't know when you whether you're selling product or you're yeah. selling a service or whatever else it is. You may have the biggest and best pitch and you can close 99% of your clients. But whatever that is, you're never going to be 100%. That's just bottom line, no matter how fucking good you are, right? So to me, it's like, yeah, you're going to come in with imposter, imposter syndrome. You're going to be like, how did I get here? Why are these people even listening to me? Like, I don't even know half the shit that we're doing. I just put the right people in the right place and let's get it rolling, like that sort of thing. So absolutely, man, I, I think that's a, that's a crucial learning curve. I don't even look at it as a pain point. I think that's actually a learning curve that you take with you and, I, and you understand like sometimes I'm just going to get to places that I don't know how. It's like taking a wrong turn somewhere on the street and you're like, whoa, this is a nice neighborhood. How did I get here? Same thing yeah. with entrepreneurship. That's It's interesting that, that you bring that up. And I, I think one thing that you've done a great job on it uh, or that you do a great job on, I've noticed is you kind of, you put out a goal and you plan out your methodology on how to get there. And then you map out your next steps. And I like how you build that in, in public as well. You don't build that in secret. I think that's really admirable. And I think um, as entrepreneurs, I think we, we're starting, we kind of have our little group on Twitter. I noticed that all of us are kind of building in public a little bit, but it's not that prominent yeah. normally in, in tech. I would say particularly in like old school tech, big tech, let's right. call it. But, but I, I really can appreciate that. In a, and that's why I love Twitter because, you know, you find that little group. And like I said, I think we found a little group here that we're all kind of ch challenging each other, asking each other questions. And I've never noticed anyone's hesitation to kind of answer anything yeah. but from their own experience. Yeah. And, and that's important, I think, in the learning. You have to, uh, my, 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 uh, my saying is you have to be okay with being wrong when you're having conversations because then you're not going to learn anything, right? Yeah. Like you got to be willing to share and be like, oh, like, for example, one of my big goals this year is, dude, I've been running businesses for a really long time, helping other people, consulting, doing all these other things. Copywriting and email marketing is something I never looked towards. Like, I just was like, dude, somebody else fucking deal with that shit. I don't want to yeah. deal with it ever, like ever because I, I wasn't good at it. It's not my forte. It's not my thing. But now I leaned into a lot more writing every single day, like literally every single day. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot wait to go and write 
those pieces, go do the, the landing page, go do the emails, go do all of this stuff. So you end up finding yourself kind of weaving through different aspects mm -hmm. of like, like you said, entrepreneurship mindset. Like, I don't want to have to do everything. I want the right people to do it. But if I'm interested in something, you just got to lean into it. You just got to go in and say, I'm going to give this a shot. And, and I think I think that's the difference between a first time entrepreneur and kind of more seasoned one. And you yeah. kind of have to have, like you said, that journey to learn that. And, and that's kind of what mm -hmm. I learned. And so when I left, this is when we started chatting actually for the first time when I when I'd left and I was kind of still figuring out what I wanted to do. I was doing some consulting and some stuff here, but there was two, three kind of lessons that I, that I kind of took from, from that journey and that I realized I wanted to change in my life. And this is like after that, this year long journey is, it's taken me a year to figure these three things out, but I'm, I'll, I'll summarize them. So hey. one is cult, culture eats strategy for breakfast every single right. time. And at the end of the day, those four people that I was, or three people that I was partners with, we did not have the same culture. We did not align. And so that ended up sucking a lot of our time. Um, and it fed into the next one, which was purpose over profit. I, I'm a purpose over profit guy. It shows from like, not to tell my own horn, but I came from a science background. That was my original career was right. you know, environmental purpose. scientists aren't known for making a rich. I'll tell you that. That was never my, my goal. And so right. realizing that that's when I was happiest and I needed to get back to that. And, that, and when I was happiest is when I created the, the first idea for that company and those other ones as well. So, you know, productivity comes from that. And so, mm -hmm. so purpose over profit was something that I realized I had to reintroduce. And then not only that, building with purpose. And that was from Nazim Ahmed, who was a Canvas Pop, uh, one of the founders of Canvas Pop. And he had a, a reasonable exit. And, he, and he, we, were, we were chatting, we chat every, every few months. And he really imparted that wisdom to me. He said, you know, a lot of people feel like they have to build with purpose after they reach a certain point. But there's no reason why you can't build from with purpose from inception. You, it takes a little bit more thought and a little bit more effort. And you got to kind of open your eyes a little bit more, but you can do it. And all those three things really resonated with me. And, and the fact that you can empower others and add value to their to their lives and to their journey. Those were the things that originally, like, you know, making business owners lives more simple through, you know, teaching them about digital media. That was what got me started in the first place. And I reached a point where I wasn't doing that anymore. It was HR. It was bottom line, sales quotas, placation. BD and, and we just such a long distance from why it started. I, I decided to take a leave uh, from the company and they fully acquired us in the end. And so that's kind of when we had last chatted. So, you know, three things that I, that I did in the past year was I got back to learning. So when was I, I did it, I applied for an incubator, which was called Ignite out of, out of Halifax, which is the, the coast of Eastern coast of Canada. And I put a little business idea together and I completed that incubator. And I did that because I thought it would help me with my imposter syndrome a little bit. I don't know if it did, but um, to figure out the, to validate those decisions that I made, you know, and I learned a lot about pitching and raising and all that kind of stuff growth and had I done mm -hmm. the right things. And I was, I was really pleased to see that in seven out of 10 cases I had, and that was really good. So that, that kind of checked that box for me. The other one was getting back to empowering people. And so what I did was I took, I, I took a bunch of time aside every week. I think it was like five hours or so. And I, I dedicated it to advising companies or startups. And so whether that was okay. in exchange for equity or potential equity down the line or whatever it might be, that, you know, was a loose arrangement, but I felt that, you know, empowering other people to make a difference in their lives or their company's lives was great. And on a scientific level, you get a hit of, oxyto uh, of oxytocin from this, right? Like you get an adrenaline rush from this. So on a, so on a physiological level, it actually makes sense. And so that, that was great because, you know, when you're a founder and you're lost, you're, you know, you feel like you don't maybe have any use anymore. You're a little bit depressed. That was a great way to kind of self-medicate, I guess, in a little way by right. advising other people and empowering other people. And then the third one was getting back to creating. You know, I was I was no longer getting my hands dirty. And, you know, I love to do the food stuff. I love to do food photography and, and video stuff. So I pitched a couple series to our, our local, it's, called, it's like our, our version of uh, NPR over here. It's called CBC. 
And so I pitched two okay. things to them. One, one I'm on, I'm working on right now. It's a little short film on uh, a little food short film. Another one was a, a radio series on on sandwiches throughout town, and I went throughout town eating and reviewing sandwiches, which was oh, super that's fun. Awesome. Yeah, it was great, and, and you know, get to connect with business owners again, and it was just about creativity, um, and it was creating for myself again. And so those were three things that I kind of really did. And there's three tenets that I always kind of try to live by, like educating, empowering, and exciting, and exciting people. And it kind of hit on all those. So, so it's getting back to my love roots that. a little bit, but with, like you said, a little bit more well-equipped kind of tool chest. I love that. dude. Um, I love that. Yeah, it was, it was, a, so yeah. So, that, so in short, that's kind of what I was doing there. And let me see here. Let me get to the, where I kind of, where I was going with all this. Oh yeah. So you know, figure it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to pay your bills too, though. So that's so. Of course, you know, of course. L- luckily enough, I had a little bit in the in the tank that kind of uh, got me through some things. And and when we last chatted, I was joining as head of growth for a delivery uh, technology company called Tiny Mile, which was a, a t- uh, sorry, remotely operated robot sidewalk robot delivery company. It's a bit of a mouthful. And they were just launching in. Charlotte and they launched in Miami now, but I helped them with their Charlotte launch and they had just closed a round of about 10 million. So that was a super exciting environment to be around. But again, at the end of the day, me and uh, me and the CEO and I guess some of the staff didn't, didn't seem to have the same culture. And so I decided to take a bit of a leave there. Um, and so now I'm stuck again with kind of like, what did I want to do? I, I know the things that are driving me and I know, I know what I'm looking for, but how do I kind of do that? And knowing full well that now we're in the, the summer, I guess here, and tech is starting to tank. So what do you do, right? Right, right, right. Absolutely. So an interesting well, kind of so let, so let me let me ask you, like, when you sure. say you know you're trying to figure out what you're what you're going to be doing, like, is there anything that you're anything that you're seeing, whether it's on social media or you're talking to people that seems to like interest you? Is it like, hey, man, like, because uh, here here's a I always look at it this way. It's like I started my first agency in 2018. I've gone through ups and downs and ups and downs and constantly it's like this roller coaster that never stops and then I feel like okay what would happen if I just like took a step back from this left and came back what would I do and it's one of these things where I was like now that I have that knowledge I feel like I would have a very different way of starting let's say another type of service business or partnering up with like the right people or whatever else it is so do you ever see yourself kind of going back into that mindset of oh i've done this and i feel like i can this time around knowing the again it's that learning concept right like now you can maybe before you could plan to the next day now you can maybe plan to the next week and then after that you could plan for the next month because you've already kind of been through that stretch of of well you're you're exactly right so so taking that time and taking that step back was super key and yeah um and so and and i did that and so one of the things i realized that had, that had never stopped throughout, you know, the past 10 years was people constantly, you know, messaging to have a chat or, you know, pick my brain on this, pick my brain on that. Um, and so, and, and I, I do some advisory work at an incubator as well. And so they have a similar kind of coaching kind of program. Mm-hmm. But when you're with a company, I don't mind taking those meetings. And I, and I still don't mind helping people for sure. But when you're with a company, you can justify that temporarily because it's BD for all intents and purposes. It's, you know, exercise right. and sales. When you're not working for a company, you have to be a little bit more protective of your time because, mm-hmm. you know, you could you could spend the whole day letting people pick your brain and <laughs> take it for coffee, yeah. right? And and you know we we all know that I'm sure you know you got a my cousin starting a business they want to know about this can you look at this email newsletter or 
what do you think about can you make this intro yeah. to this VC, blah, 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 pitch deck, etc. You get pulled so, into everything at that point. You get pulled you get into everything. Pulled into- and so yeah. So something happened in my life, and I, and I don't mind talking about it. My dad actually got sick. He ended up getting cancer. And so one thing became very apparent. Um, it was, you know, it was emotionally a large toll, mentally a large toll. And so I realized I of have course. to become a lot more protective of my time. And so I think it was Harley or Toby from Shopify that once said, like, you're, you're a battery, basically. And, you know, everyone in your life charges or drains your battery. It's up to you to let someone drain your battery. And totally have no problem with people that, you know, I allow to drain my battery. But now that I have this kind of new fam- familial thing and, and duties and obligations and things that are taking my mind away from things, I have to be a little bit more cognizant of things. And so I started to think about consulting and how, how can I consult and how can I monetize that time and monetize those relationships and I looked back at, there was someone that I used to chat with way back in the day. And it was this, um, what have you? oh yeah, so sorry. Way back in the day, I used to be part of this co-working center called The Hub. And there was uh, a, a woman there that I'd met. Her name was Max. And she was an economist and she was all about, you know, marketplaces and different things like that. And so we've always kept in, in loose touch. And she was launching this platform called Pick My Brain. And so it's a knowledge-based marketplace. And so... I'll talk about it a little bit because um, it's a really an interesting platform, and that's kind of where I where I've where I've shifted my focus. So I'm going to be helping the growth of that platform right now. Um, yeah, here we go. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to be do, doing some growth work for that platform, and they've been operating for about uh, three years, raised money from friends and angels, but they're about to kind of embark on a bit of a raise, and they've got a new program that I'll that I'll tell you about, but. Um, the goal was to kind of help her kind of go to market and attack some of the revise our marketing mechanisms and machines and then start looking at the B2C because it's been primarily an exercise in B2B right now. Um, and it really, you know, hit on all those tenants that, that I really like, you know, self. So again, so I like to call it choose your own, choose your own adventure learning is really what I call it. Um, yeah. And uh, it's super interesting, you know, facilitating that knowledge kind of transfer. And again, it gives people the opportunity, and again, I'm hitting back on something you posted, to ask questions, stay curious, and figure out what they, they do and don't want to do, which has never been more relevant than right now when you have all these people that are laid off, kind of figuring out what's next for themselves. And so, you know, they can log on to this marketplace, you know, take out an hour with a with with a, with a a C-suite person, literally from a C-suite person to someone that, you know, speaks about uh, confidence in public speaking. It's the, the goal of the website is to be one of the most diverse knowledge marketplaces so a little bit different than the other ones that are out there right now like on road mm-hmm. and things like that that i tend to have a more corporate slide to it um so yeah so that's kind of where, where i've landed right now and kind of um focusing my time a little bit but the you know what this allows me to do right now still too is there's a couple full circle things that i've come back to is giving yourself time to create so by doing consulting i, I give myself time to brainstorm and create and be more managed imaginative um, and those were those things that were kind of those elements that were missing a little bit but yeah, so that's kind of the yeah. the journey now. I've got some other stuff to ramble on about, but uh, I'll kind of I'll uh, I'll stop there and see if you have any if you have any questions. Yeah, no, that that's uh, that's awesome, and and I really really like like that uh, the platform because I think there's always uh, room for people to pick up knowledge or talk to somebody and you know go into specific areas of of business or whatever the whatever their you know whatever journey they're embarking on at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would say that that for on your end in terms of you know kind of the next steps or or whatever whatever else you end up doing and consulting with this company, like do you ever feel like you know working 
here's how I look at it. A lot of people that have been just like laid off, like Google just announced, you know, 10,000, 12,000 people, yeah. Microsoft, all these companies are just laying people off. I feel like, and those people will be taken care of for a period of time. They're going to get, you know, a nice stipend of money or, you know, whatever that might be. They'll, they'll, they'll have some time to potentially, you know, depending on their situation, maybe take some time off and really like yeah. reset themselves and talk to recruiters and all this other stuff. But I also feel like this is the this is an opportunity for people like myself and you who, who truly like helping people, right? Like really go in and just like, you know, guidance or whatever else it is, is to really tap into with tap in with those people and just be like, hey, listen, you're at this level, you're you're a vice president, you're whatever your product manager, it doesn't matter. You just got laid mm -hmm. off. So now that that's happened with a company with like Google or Microsoft, where you feel like, oh, this will never happen to me, which I'm sure a lot of people, when they got jobs, they're like, oh, I'm never going to get laid off unless I get fired for something. It's going to be, you know, they have all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the opportunity right now for those people to start working on themselves, start putting together a personal brand and using their experience. Because my, my thing is always whatever skill set you have within that company that they're paying you pretty substantial money. I am, I'm willing to bet my money on it that if you were to go out on your own tomorrow, whether it's from a consulting advising perspective, and you come in with that knowledge from, you know, like that big corporate level, yeah. and you're making a lot of decisions, all this, you can be like making three or four times what you're doing, as long 100%. as you have that right, you know, somebody to maybe even like latch onto for a little bit and, you know, pay somebody a consulting fee and be like, dude, I need you to guide me on how to create this, how to do this, or even now, you don't. You might not even need that. You could probably just, if you have that time off, you can go on and and you know go pick up knowledge everywhere. YouTube, you know, go to Quora, go go wherever you need to go to pick up those bits of pieces of information. And there's literally no, like every single tool out there now that there's no code tools, AI, all these other things, you can get to the source of what you need to do, like with an instant like you can snap your fingers and you can literally have whatever you need whether it's setting up an email list whether it's like writing up your first blog whatever that might be start sharing information because the only way to really understood understand where you might be needed or what piece of your knowledge that this company was paying you probably six figures for what piece of your knowledge you can actually contribute to other businesses or whatever else that might be and i would highly encourage and whoever might might or might not listen to this podcast is like go out there and just like start taking swings take smaller swings start tapping into you know people on linkedin twitter wherever else it is mm -hmm. and and honestly man like you said the entrepreneurial like community online is offering free knowledge by like by i can't even like it's so much free and free knowledge out there like i don't even know the word to use to, like the abundance of like free knowledge that there is right now and i feel like people if they if those people take a minute take a deep breath to go in and be like okay i can start my you know uh, uh start writing my cooking book or start making my recipe book or start you know building my website because i've always wanted to do like nutrition or whatever that might be like those steps are so much easier to take now. Those steps are so like, they literally don't cost you an arm and a leg anymore for like 500 bucks. Maybe you can get everything, even less. That's even, I think even too much, but like, let's say even 150, 200 bucks. 
like you can have all the tools that you need to run a full-fledged business and like i said taking whatever that company is paying you for and double or triple that for yourself it might take a little bit of time you might need to get a part-time job you might need to go drive uber for a little bit you might need to do some supplement income till it gets to that point but if you're already laid off and you have that time off and you maybe have a little bit of a cushion of money that you can use you might not even need to do that so i think you're that's what you're 100 right i mean the, the person like if you have social media or it, let, let's even go further if you have an email you need you should be having you should be if you have an email you should be working on your personal brand and the fact of the matter is your knowledge has value and, and you're you're 100 right so there there is someone out there that's willing to pay for that knowledge that you've learned in your capacity at microsoft or google for their startup and i think what's so interesting is, you know, you know, in times like this and in, in, in the dip, startups start to pop up everywhere. And that was one of the reasons that kind of sealed the deal for me, kind of joining the Pick My Brain team was that realizing that this is an opportunity to do all the things that I've been doing or trying to do over the past year in, in one capacity and helping other people do it. Because, you know, when I, when I joined the Tiny Mile team, one of the things that I noticed was it, it had just raised money. It was a really young team. I came in as head of growth and it was just kind of like, okay, what do we do now? And I was thinking back, I was like, man, wouldn't it have been great if I'd come in and they'd already had a vetted 60 day plan that they, you know, they had talked that they maybe booked out some time with, uh, you know, a senior level Google growth marketer and handed me that plan and said, hey, we know you're a great fit for this role. Let's let's execute on this plan and iterate as we have to, rather than, you know, having that us trying to kind of find awkward phase or trying to figure out our rhythms, et cetera. Where do I get this? Where do I get that? Like onboarding is a hard enough process. And I think you had a, you had a discussion of onboarding with one of your other guys the other day, but you can do, you can use this knowledge transfer economy to have a more effective and more enjoyable onboarding process for startups. Uh, and like you just said, right. So people can tap into senior learnings or I guess maybe I don't know what the word for it is, but more experienced people through all these kind of, you know, whether it's marketer for hire or pick my brain or gum road or whatever. And the, and the time is now, and I think you're hundred percent right. There's so much information out there. I'm a, I dedicate, I probably do too much podcast listening every week, but it is overwhelming how much information is out there, but I think the approach they have to take in is to take a lesson and a feather from your cap is to set that goal and then figure out, okay, what knowledge do I need to fill that gap or that, or that, that gap in that question that I'm asking this week and what's next week's question. And so set that objective and really take that, that approach to it and then work towards understand it. Don't just dive into the pool of knowledge. Of course, it's going to be overwhelming. It's like diving into the ocean. Right. But if you, if you do it in a little controlled environment, like you said, saying, Hey, I want to do an Italian cookbook. I need to figure out, uh, what are the best ones out there and what are the best formats? And you look, go grab that information, compile that into your notion and then and go back and, and hit the next step. You know, it's, it's, it all goes back to not to hit on my science kind of background again, but like neuroplasticity, right? These experiences and experiencing things will change your personality, will change the person that you are. Um, you know, edu- that's what learning does. And I think it's important to remember that. And, and, and in a dip, you know, there's all these people out there that are lost and it can be a little bit depressing, but, you know, also seeing the silver lining that it's a new opportunity. And like you said, there, there's people out there, the knowledge that you've had in your senior role, that's if I could impart one message to all these people, 85,000 people in Silicon Valley right now, is that your knowledge has value. And there's people out there for sure looking for that knowledge and guidance. And just, you gotta, you know, reach out to people like us that can, you know, help guide you along where to, where to, where to connect with those people, I think is the most important thing. Oh, I think you're muted. <laughs> uh, my bad. I tried to like, because no sometimes like, I don't want no there problem. just to be like random background noise. But no, what I was going to say is like, I think nowadays is that if you, 
if you look at the look at the amount of like we talk about that knowledge transfer like like online it's absolutely free at this point but even if you were to step in and say okay what at this point is going to make a huge difference in my life from uh even a work life balance like and i'm not even for myself and use myself as the example it's like i'm not even at that point where i can i'm not nowhere close i should say where I can say, I'm going to just go like chill somewhere for a while and whatever else is like, I got shit going on every single day and I'm enjoying it though. That's, that's what, that's yeah. what I think may, it's a difference between maybe myself and the next person who's just doing things to do them. Right. And so I'm every day kind of toying with this, like, okay, I uh, worked for five, six hours, uh, you know, took some breaks, whatever else it is. What do I now do to offset that, to re-energize myself? Like you said, there's certain things whether you ex uh, you like them or you don't like them, they're going to drain that battery one way or another. We only have so much. We need to rejuvenate. We need to give ourselves rest and whatever else it is. I feel like if you take your time at a big company and you say, okay, what was my biggest issue being there? Even if I didn't get laid off, like what is my biggest issue being there? Majority of the time, those people will say there's like either work-life balance or something there. If you lean into that and you start your next thing, just thinking like, okay, I have kids, I have dogs, I have whatever you have. I have grandparents I need to take care of, whatever that is. You can literally put your lifestyle first and build a business around that. Like, I truly yeah. believe that. I, I, I think you're 100% right. And, and having, I'm the worst person for work-life balance. That's one of the reasons why I burnt out. I was, I was doing the 90-hour yeah. weeks. And, and I and did too, man. 2021, 2021, dude. Yeah. Burned out. So And, 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 you, and it I doesn't work, there. right? And it takes six months to recover from that. And I think the whole industry, in a way, has, has suffered from that a little bit. And, you know, exactly what you said. Like, So moving with intent, right? And, and that's kind of what's happening in tech right now is the cows are coming home. It's, it's accountability is the big word now. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you have to move with intent. So it's like, does this need to be done now? Why does this need to be done now? Uh, and what's my goal here in, in doing this? Even yeah. when you're applying to an email, I think it's important to do that. And and building that that energizing lifestyle, like just doing this podcast, you can see I've got all these friggin' notes over because I was excited to do yeah. it. I was excited right. to chat about it. And, and you know, this you're the first person I talked to about this this kind of roundabout journey. All this stuff just kind of came together a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I wanted to tell that story and I was excited to do that. And so I've enjoyed kind of mapping it out and, and preparing for this. And that's, and that, and that's when you know you're, you're, you're checking the right boxes, I think. And that's, again, that's the difference between, I think, a seasoned entrepreneur and kind of a, a first-time one. You, you know, you, there, there's, of course, those things that you don't want to do. There's going to be those nights where you're eating tons of Chinese noodles for yeah. sure. And that's just, that's just part for the course. Um, yeah. But there's no reason why you can't build with purpose. Again, like leaning back, hitting on that statement again. Exactly. There, on the head. That's yeah, interesting. Right? Absolutely. So, so tell me about your, your stuff though. So what's your, so what's your, I've been rambling a lot about, about my own journey here and, but uh, what's been new, um, what's been new with you. So you've been, you were, you were, de you were, you were minimizing, you were going through a minimization exercise at your agency before last we chatted. Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, we had some restructuring. I'll leave it at that. Um, we can talk off record for some of the details, yeah, sure. but yeah, um, yeah, so we did, had some restructuring. We hit a kind of a low point at the beginning of uh, 2022. Um, you know, we we had a astronomical 2021, um, had some pain points early 2022. Um, and we just, you know, from uh, in the U.S. especially, and I know everyone around the world got hit. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty, the economy, the stock market, people not willing to spend money because they don't know what the next thing is going to be. And, you know, 
there's just again uncertainty i think was like the be- biggest word and that uh that affected us because a couple of different reasons um up to that point we had been running the agency for five four years never did uh never did any uh outreach like everything all of our business that we did and we broke man we broke 1.3 1.4 million 1.4 million dollars in 2021 amazing. so like having all of that come inbound is pretty fucking amazing in my opinion yeah. i was just like wow this is cool um and majority of that wasn't just like you know we do great work and people are just finding us all over the place it was like partnerships shopify would send people to us like it would just come from different angles but a lot of it again went back to us just doing honest and good work and standing by our clients and when when the shit hit the fan we were still there i mean to the point where in the early parts of the pandemic i mean uh the clients that backed off and were like hey we need to I mean, dude, I ended up refunding close to like fifty thousand dollars in 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 money oh, wow. that like I didn't even have. Like yeah. to the point where I was like, you know what? I'll figure my shit out. Like, but these people are hurting, and yeah. the only thing that I can do right now is to is to potentially look at it in long term and say, if I help them now, maybe they'll come back and help us. Well, it's an exercise in relationship. And I'm not afraid to say, I'm not even afraid to say that because I feel like even if they didn't, it's not like I'm going to be like, Hey, remember when I did this, you have to, no, it wasn't any of that, but I'm just thinking like kind of from a, I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, it's it's an exercise business owners relationship building, right? People come to you because they like to work with you. That's 85% of the equation. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, so long story short, 2022 came around. I had to step back into the, uh, day-to-day role a little bit more, um went through some really tough pain points uh and uh honestly man it just kind of was getting to a point where i didn't know what was going to happen um i was even considering you know finding some investors to just drop some money in and all these other things and then um i kind of just refocused and refreshed and i was like you know what fuck all this like we're gonna we're gonna figure this out somehow Mm -hmm. we're gonna be a slim team we're gonna be lean we're gonna figure it out. And I'm going to keep the core people that, you know, are standing by me. I'm going to stand by them and go in that direction. And so um, I think last time you and I talked though, so at the beginning of 2021, mm-hmm. I actually started another agency, uh, which was a product studio. Yeah. I and that. so, yeah. And so um, that's been, that's kind of where my heart's sitting at, to be quite honest okay. with you, because I truly enjoy product. I like the service side to an extent, but I don't like the day-to-day what the service side brings. I like the day-to-day what a product brings. And and um, and me, and again, not to toot my own horn, but I just have enormous amounts of ideas and problem-solving kind of things in my head that I'm like, if I'm having issues with this and there's not a solution out there, somebody needs to either figure this out or I'm going to have to build it within the next like month or two months or whatever that might be. And that's usually how my uh, ideas come about. So um product studio has been doing pretty well we've been knocking out like putting out apps you know kind of left and right especially beginning of uh beginning of this year and the end of last year um and so that's been really really fun getting like you know the first version now getting Mm -hmm. some feedbacks you know revamping certain things and so the one that i'm most excited about and I'm, i'm telling you this because i know you're in like the shopify space and and you know a lot of the folks in that in that area is the the app that we have that's called Drop Voice. And so that app itself, what it is, is it allows merchants um, to attach a voice note to a product. They attach that voice note 
And so what happens is, you know, you sit on your phone, you say, hey, yeah. uh, you know, for, let's say th this cup, I'm just going to use this as an example. You know, hey, thank you for buying the mug. Uh, just wanted to let you know that the <coughs> mug itself is unbreakable. If you drop it out of an airplane, it's still going to be in one piece. Um, and, you know, materials that we use from there are recyclable, whatever else it is. And, you know, giving that extra nugget of information to, to customers. And so when we first initially launched the, the app, um, we focused on like, post-purchase stuff. So what we wanted to okay. do, um, and I'll take you kind of through the journey. I, working on the service side of things, all I'm seeing in the Shopify space primarily is uh, when somebody buys something, you're triggering to buy more. There's an upsell. Yeah. There's a give me your email because I'm going to sell you more through email. There's a text message. I'm going to text you and sell you more and more and more. And it's just like this take, take, take thing. And I and I just been sitting on this idea for like six months at that time. I was like, man, why, what can, what can I do to kind of turn that script the other way a little bit? Why doesn't the, why, why not go back to the brand? Cause I think mm -hmm. the brand, especially nowadays is what puts you into a category of winners and, and, and losers pretty much at this point, because if you're just, that's why drop shipping, you don't hear so much about, and I'm, I'm not in tune with that world at all because I just don't like that world. I don't, mm -hmm. you know, it's cool. If you found your hustle there, that's I totally perfect. Get it. You know what I mean? For me, I think it's like brand uh, and whatever that brand is, it's like building that relationship closer with uh, with customers. And so I think email is a great way of doing it. I think all these things are great, but there wasn't a personal effect on in the Shopify space. And the reason I'm using Shopify is because I just absolutely love the product. I think yeah, it's a it's amazing. It unlocks people to be able to sell whatever they want. And it's a it's a space where you can create some cool stuff and be very profitable. And again, purpose like that that stands out to me when you say that because the purpose for me to build this app was to tie the customer back to the brand and make it you know a, a kind of like a novelty item again where mm -hmm. you're here and this and our first version of our app kicks in after you've purchased a product so that by the time you've yep. purchased you already slid your credit card and everything you paid 20 dollars for this damn mug right here um you get this voice note from the founder or somebody, whoever that is, and just says, hey, thanks so much for purchasing, blah, blah, blah. Here's a little bit about our brand. Here's a little bit about the product, whatever, 30 seconds, 15 seconds, it doesn't matter. In my opinion, I'm just like, wow, that would be fucking cool to just have that like sort of like added piece on top where you, you already committed to the product. You don't need anything more. I, lo I love but it. But this person I just ended up it. giving you, I ended up just giving you more value at this point. And so uh, for me, that was that was very, very important because we can use this in different ways. If you want to give discounts, if you want mm -hmm. to do, I look at the music industry and I think this is a completely untapped market that I just want to go balls to the walls wow. with is let's say buying this sweatshirt, you know, let's say fucking Lil Wayne or Drake or doesn't matter says, hey, you know, we're going to be selling a thousand sweatshirts um, and this sweatshirt is going to have a exclusive uh, song that's going to come with this product. So when you buy it, you can listen to the song right away. It's just like, whoa, like that puts you in touch with that artist on a whole different level. I think that's a great idea. And so like, as you know, you, you kind of hit on the head. I, I do some Shopify stuff. I love the last mile delivery side of things. I had a last mile delivery snack company. Still haven't kind of getting uh, yeah. un unintertwined with it right now. But um, one of the things that I, that I was kind of preaching at Tiny Mile and, and so I've joined another delivery startup now as well. I'm doing a bit of consulting and it's a, it's an autonomous drone delivery company. And I'll, I'll kind of touch why this is relevant to what you're talking about. But 
I classify the delivery as three things. So, you know, the, the customer placing the order, the order being processed, and then the delivery experience. Most of these things on the front end have been customized. It's the delivery experience that hasn't been customized yet. And so you can do a batch delivery. Now, the problem is when you do a batch delivery, you can't customize it really. And so one of the things I liked about Tiny Mile, people would go, well, what's the difference between, you know, Walmart's autonomous trucks with 20 orders on there, Tiny Mile does a one-to-one merchant to, to customer delivery. Well, you can customize that experience. So when you, you open the robot, you get your order out. And one of the ideas we had was playing a recording from the, from the store. That was one of the ideas yeah. about customizing it. And I think that's, it's exactly what you said. It's the brands that customize the whole experience that are going to be the winners now. You know, back in the yep. day, you had you had eBay, right? So like eBay was the earliest form of e-commerce. Then Shopify came in and allowed you to customize that store experience. Now the next thing is mm-hmm. going to be who allows you to customize that delivery experience. That's going to be the exactly that's, that's what's happening right now. And I think and I think that's also why you're seeing a reemergence in retail right now because for all intents and purposes, that's allowing you to customize that customer click and collect experience. It's the delivery experience. I, so you're, you're customizing the tail exactly. end. So I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, I'd love to see if maybe we, we can integrate with the drone stuff so that when the drone delivers something, maybe it pulls a recording from your, from your plugin. Easy, easy. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll have to chat. I definitely can make it. So let me, absolutely. So let me, let me tell you, and, and this is, I'm I, no joke. If, if we were in the same room right now, I would show you, I just got a little bit of chills after you, what you just said. Yeah. Um, because for me, I didn't want to stop on that, on that post-purchase page. Right. So what I did is I talked to my developer and I was like, how do we make this work? What if we're on that post-purchase page, we give the customer the option to opt into SMS or email. And we're not going to okay. badger you. We're not going to email market to you. We're not going to do anything. Simply what we're doing is when you input that information that sends us a, a notification that says this person's input it, and we go in and track the shipment of that product, when that product arrives at your doorstep, we send you that text message that minute that gets delivered. So now you're holding the product and you have the voice note in your hand and you can listen to exactly what that person yeah. That's that's exactly what I'm looking for, by the way, on the software side right now. So we'll have to chat about that's it. That's it. And I, and I love the other uh, idea of being and, able to... Sorry, go. No, I was just going to say, so now, uh, literally today, tonight, we're updating the app. I have a bunch of work to do <laughs> over the weekend, but we're updating the app uh, to basically... We're, we're adding the pre-purchase side of things now. We're adding adding voice snippets to product pages, to contact pages, whatever that might be. But the, but the thing is that we're also allowing people, we, have, we give them an HTML like snippet that they can literally add to any store, any website, anything that okay. you have access to the HTML code, you can add that on there and you can play that snippet that you have recorded. Okay, so it's not, so it's not, so it's agnostic in a way a little bit, as long as you can access the HTML 100%. So 100%. that's really interesting. So Hover, which is the name of this company, Hover.Direct, um, we're going to be doing a pilot in, in Toronto this summer. Uh, we did an MVP last summer. They did an MVP last summer. did about 1,000 deliveries. So we'll be launching another pilot this summer. And depending on the vendors that sign up, I'd love to chat with you and see if we can integrate that. Because I think that, again, it, it adds that extra touch of the personalization. And I also love the idea, because we have the drone with the camera, of being able to solicit customer feedback as well in a way like, hey, do you mind if we, now that you have your product, do you mind if we snap a picture of you with it? And, you know, the guy's holding the box, looking up and snapping a photo that gets sent to, to us for social media yep. use or whatever. I, I love the idea of that of that two-way integration. So we'll have to chat about that, man. That's interesting. Yeah, please, please. I, w- I would absolutely love it. So that's the that's the product that has like all my, all my juices flowing right now because I just, 
you know, there's nothing out there like that on the Shopify app store at the moment. Like literally we are a party of one at the moment, which is great. Um, we've got some cool, uh, cool brands on board. Have you heard of uh, the brand Houseplant? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Seth Rogen's uh, company, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. came on board to, to okay. drop wow. which is going to be really fucking exciting uh, because hopefully we can get him to like record something. And, oh, that'd you know, be and again, very that, interesting. So I've been trying to get Harley, like I've messaged Harley on Instagram and I don't okay. think he like reads his messages or whatever, but I would love to have him on there for Firebelly because I think his voice okay. now, especially does Let a me, lot of uh, talks. I'll maybe I'll shoot him a text later on. Yeah. Just if, uh, dude, I'm again, I, I don't want this to be any kind of obligation if you no, feel no, like no, no do the right thing, but, um, but you know, that's one of those things. Like I want to tap into these markets where it's like music. Yeah. I'm very, music is in my heart. So like, I would love to people like, like Russ, for example, I'm a huge fan of Russ, um, being able to tap in with him and just be like, dude, because he's always posting snippets of his songs on social media and whatever. Yeah. Just it's like it's like you can leverage making money and just having like that recording, because what you can end up doing is saying, hey, if you go buy this sweater, 30, 40 bucks, whatever else it is, you're going to get a song that nobody else is going to have. We have a lim limited yeah. run and you're going to have that song in your in your portfolio to be able to listen to it. And That's then when we release cool. it, you can. You know what I mean? Like there's so yeah. many cool ways we can. And that's even cool for like big ticket items. Maybe you get a customized one or whatever. It's like a reward, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know who you should talk to? So you should talk to PopChu, which is a, a company that just got some funding. It's out of New York, if I'm not mistaken. And they released ghost okay. brands, uh, ghost kitchen brands for influencers. So like they, they don't do Beast Burger, but they do ones like Mr. Beast Burger. So imagine someone's ordering food from this influencer and they get the message from that influencer. I think that's like a no brainer for you that, to talk to those guys. Dude, yeah. absolutely. So, so it's called absolutely. We'll have to talk. We'll have to have a we'll have a second conversation after this. Yeah, but definitely. anyway, so yeah. those are the kind of things that I'm that I'm, you know, I'm always going into these areas of like, what's the problem I have? I go on Google, I do a quick search. Does does somebody solve my problem? Cool. I'll buy the product. I'll test it out, whatever else it is. Yeah. But dude, if it's not there, literally, if it's not there, I'm like, hey, we need to build. Like, we need to get this out there. Even if it's just us using it, we need to get this out there. And and I heard Kevin Rose uh, on a podcast recently uh, with My First Million say uh, he's kind of in the same mindset. And I, I literally ended up posting the quote from him was like, if it doesn't exist and I need it, I'm building it. Like, that's yeah. literally my rule. And then if other people use it, that's great. Like, he had built some uh, meditation app. It was like before. I, I remember I've been following things. Kevin for years. Yeah, he always had like yeah. little things he, that he was building for sure. Exactly, and dude, that he was just like, and nobody, nobody cared about it. Like we didn't get any downloads, and then the pandemic hit, and he he's like, dude, it took off. Like it just, we got like two, three thousand downloads a day for a while, and I was just like, wow, that's amazing. So it's like to me, it's just these problems may not be. At, at its high point right now, but you never know which way things are shifting and what's going to happen. And I feel like this voice side of things like is just a different compartment for you to get really creative with your brand and what you can do and what you can offer your customers and really connect those dots on a whole different level. I, I think it's a genius idea, man. That, that Like I said, that personalized delivery is, or, or like that end of post-purchase is something that I've been really focused on. And so I think you, you hit the nail on the head. And just on the creating side too, I think you, you talked about this with, um, I mean, we talk about this online all the time. Justin Welch was a big advocate for it. And you were talking to the other guys about it before on your podcast, like creating content, right? Like sometimes you'll put posts out and like, yeah. you think it's amazing and like two people like it, but it's not about that. Like it's, it's more than that. It's like, you will never develop your process, 
get more efficient at doing things and how do you commercialize your ideas or how do you how do you create your your, your how do you take something from whiteboard to to reality unless you do it and so not everything's going to be a home run and it's about consistently creating yeah. and, and that's what creates it and you have to free up that time and so I, that's again yep. like the big agencies are, are are great i think big agencies and i'd love to hear your thoughts on this right after but i think you know everyone has got everyone including business owners have got not only uh, they've had not only like two three years now to sit at home and get a, a small uh, a small degree for all intents and purposes in digital marketing. In some cases, they've been given grants to learn about it, and so everyone's coming back to the marketplace way more educated. Uh, and so again, it's like that accountability. Like you know, those people that were charging five hundred dollars to set up a, a Twitter profile or a Facebook page, like dude, you, you knew that you knew that was going to end. You never should have been doing that. And you, I mean, it, those days are over. And, and I think the big agencies yeah. that continually to operate based on that fat you know, it's time to pay the piper and uh, you, you need to present value. And sometimes that means having a lean, a more lean team because those lean team members are more specialists and a little bit more clinical, if you will. Exactly. 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 Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm a huge believer. I'm a huge believer in that. And I think one thing that uh, I'm starting to realize, and you could look at it as good or bad. I think it was just part of our journey is that we had this very, um, I would consider even though we were just in the Shopify space, we still had, you know, within the means of Shopify, we still went really, really wide and we grew our team to 22 people and we were full service. So we did yeah. this branding, design, development, marketing, like we hit all these things on the head. And that was great when you have the people and clients are coming and you can be like a holistic solution for them and all this other stuff. That's great. But there was, I think, more people that turned us away because we weren't singular focused on, let's say being the best design agency. Like it's so interesting. You the, say that. The, yeah. Yeah. It, originally when I started, I, that, and that's why I never wanted to do web design. Uh, I just wanted to do the most, the social media, the creative and the strategy was something I always emphasized yeah. on, you know, backed by a little bit of data and everything, but at, which I think is ironic because it's come full circle. Creative and strategy are important now, but when I left, we were a full stop shop, and we not only did we have so we had the we had three companies. It was a suite of companies. We had Media Launch, which was the one that I started, which was the social media and, and marketing. Then we had Web Marketers, which does the website, and, and they're still around. They do websites and things like that. And then there was another one called Phantom Productions that was starting to do videos, and in particular, driven by the need for banner videos for websites. And yeah, it was a one stop shop, and I did I no longer felt like that specialist, and that you know, like I was taking that. It's hard to it's hard to have all that mechanism running at the same time. You almost have to be the Ford of of companies in order to do that, and that's not really what mm -hmm. I wanted to be. When you're when you're that, you can't you can't get your you can't roll up your sleeves and get in the creative and the strategy side. You kind of have to just figure out okay, what mm -hmm. works. Okay, it's good enough. We can't take any risks really because the right. machine's just too big. Um, and I think uh, yeah, that that was a bit of a challenge for me. And I think you probably experienced the same thing. It seems like absolutely. And I think uh, also it it stunts your growth a little bit as crazy as that sounds because we ended up growing a lot but it also stunts your growth in different ways because like you just said you have this big machine if one thing goes wrong on this side it's affecting over here and there's mm -hmm. five six people in that on that chain that need to now be changing up their day-to-day -day. their you know their creative side of things has changed now they have to do this and it just it's too much of an effect like I like moving quickly and swiftly. Like that's my thing. It's like, 
okay, hey, yeah. we're, we're doing something. We're going to try something new today. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And we should start that tomorrow. And here's a plan for that. And let's just get out there and start running. And, and if something, you know, if we trip over something, we get up, we fix it, and we keep moving on to the next thing and we keep going. I think there's something yeah. to, said about, to be said about speed and, and uh, the level of like, not like I said in the beginning, the over planning thing. Like mm -hmm. the problem that I had with the 22 person team is that every time, uh, let, me, let me just give you a, a, a snippet of the, what I had come up with and how long it took to implement something. So sure. about 2019, maybe early 2020, I just remember thinking to myself, I think I, I, I literally like I'd written it on my white wall and I was just like, memberships like memberships are going to be a huge thing and the reason why i believe that is because i think with memberships you can do a lot more brand building and i think you could do a lot more close relationships with your customers and your clients yeah. right so i kept telling my team i said we need to get in front of this we need to either build something we need to do a marketing campaign and we need to like really focus in on being the the agency that offers this like membership services type of thing mm -hmm. man with that many people on our team it was like constantly like oh we have to do this and then we have to do this and this needs to change and then what do we do here how are we gonna i'm just like oh man like this is like dude i would say eight months maybe a year after that everybody in shopify like literally everybody recharge all these people memberships memberships we're focused on memberships do membership like memberships are great we give i'm just like oh man i was like we could have been yeah. we could have been literally the team that comes in and we knew the ins and outs of recharge and all these other apps that are yeah. on there and it was like we could have been like the folks that they would just literally send all of their clients to because they were like these people know what the fuck they're talking about and they've been doing this before anybody like sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and dude, if sure. shit hits the fan, we had always something else to fall back on. Like we always had yeah. the design clients. We had all, of, it's not like we bet all of our chips, but like that component would have been so important to us. And it's just one of these things that I, we didn't execute on time. And I think we shot ourselves in the foot. But again, that was the big thing. Like right now with six people, I can turn around tomorrow and just be like, hey guys, we're running a marketing campaign and doing like membership stuff. And we're like, okay, let's do it. Fuck it. And I, and I think, it just I think yeah, if you want to, if you want to be that leader, you need to take those risks that other people wouldn't take. Obviously, right now, the economic client, you got to focus like business wise, you got to focus a little bit more on profit than growth. For sure. We all know that, yep. you know, but but you, you do have to take those risks that other people aren't willing to take. And and those are the agencies that, you know, you see in the headlines. And I think, you know, if you look like a Nick and the guys at Structured Agency, like I, I love the way they operate in pods because they're they're doing exactly what we're talking about. Right. Like they they yeah. have that pod, they test that pod and that pod's nimble and, and agile and can adapt. It's not. You know, when you have that big company and you bring in a new idea, you know, 20, 25% of the people are like, okay, cool. 10% don't really care. Some of them don't understand it. You got to explain it. And then there's other yeah. naysayers you got to convince. And it takes like four months, but realistically only 5% of that group needed to be involved in the project, but yep. full transparency and management, et cetera. And it can get a yep. little bit that's it. Uh, tiring for sure. That's great, man. I'm, so I'm glad that, to see the success on the product side for sure for you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And, and that's the part of my, you know, my ongoing uh, sort of uh, journey is like whatever I'm doing, if I'm building like a small, like I'm trying to keep between my two businesses right now, I'm, I'm keeping my team. So actually I would say, let me see. So I have the service agency, I have the product agency, I have the personal brand stuff, I have the podcast, like all of these little like components and the personal brand, the, uh, 
you know, the podcast and everything goes under that. And then I have the service agents and the product agents. So let's say three, like kind of overarching, like businesses, um, between those three, we're going to tap out at like 10 or 11 people total. Yeah. Like that's it. And that's, and that's a good number, I think. That's, I think that's all we really need is like, especially for me, what I'm working towards, um, with all, with all the stuff that I'm even putting out online or, you know, whatever that might be with the podcast, with, uh, with the newsletter, all of these components are all just, um, things that I truly enjoy doing experiences. I want to share learnings. I want to share everything that I'm doing that I want to talk about. And at the same time, it becomes a marketing vessel for anything else that I work on. So in the agency space, we're doing doing an agency starter kit, which is basically what I needed when I started my agency, which was all these components of your scope of work templates, your onboarding guides, your sales workflows, like all these little things that you, Mm -hmm. as a first time agency owner, you're like, I don't know what I need at this point. But if I had that, now thinking back on it, if somebody had told me like, dude, you buy this thing and it will set you up to the point where you just have to focus on selling and getting those clients in the door because your back office is pretty much set up at that point. That to me would have been the most crucial piece. I would have paid $3,000 at that point for, for something like this. Yeah. And so have you ever, me, sorry, go, yeah, sorry. go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, have you ever looked at uh, Jason Fried and his work around 37 signals and his book rework and stuff like that? Love it. Love Jason Fried, dude. He's preaching, right? Like, I, I think it's important that you, old tech was like, delegate, delegate, delegate. And I get it if you're yeah. running like a billion dollar company or something like that. Right. But at our level, you need to share, sorry, you need to protect and cherish at all costs those activities that you like doing, like you're talking about, like writing and stuff, because they energize you for the rest of it. Um, you exactly. can't just delegate everything. You, you need to protect those activities. I think you do a great job of that, man. I can tell between when we last chatted, I think it was like two years ago, like you said, to now you're the, the tone and like the, the content you're putting in, like there's an energy to it. It's invigorated. Uh, I think it's it's super admirable and the, the journey that you've gone on. Hey, man, I really appreciate that. That means like the world to me. When we talk about imposter syndrome, like that's when it really like for me, like last year in April is when I really opened up the floodgates and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start putting shit online. I'm going to start writing. I'm going to put it all on there. Whatever people like, they don't like what I don't give a shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And man, it, it goes a long way when somebody says something like that, because it's everything that I want to talk about is just literally it's purpose driven to the point where I want to help other people out. That, that's what that's I want to do. Yeah. Like that's literally that, all that, it that's is. That's the and key, so, man. And I, I, on that, on that, Sorry, I had a little bit of lag there. Sorry, finish. Uh, no, so that's always been sort of my my under like that's my foundation. So now when I'm talking about you know the podcast, the newsletter, and all these like components, that's just the that's just the the whole part of like the personal brand and building a long mm-hmm. sustainable. So tomorrow, if I decide to sell everything and walk out the other way, and I can go ahead and start something else, I have an audience and I have people that I've shared all of my experiences with, like put all of my chips on the table pretty much. And I've earned that trust. I've earned that transparency from them on it, like everything I can go out and I have a immediate base of people that are going to at least see or read or, or even use one of my products. And that's super important. One of the things I always left to the backstage was my personal brand of it. And now I realize the I've started working on. It, I realize the important of, importance of it. And you you'll notice too, like a lot of CEOs, 
once their company hits IPO or something like that, then they'll start to work on their personal brand, but they never did it yeah. before. But I think it's important that you, you, you do that from day one. Um, and, you know, you recognize the value that you have in your knowledge and, and you help kind of empower mm-hmm. people. That's, you know, that's the, that's the name of the game, I think. There's, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about this new, you know, there's hustle culture was kind of like the past uh, wave. And I'm excited about this yeah. new purpose-driven entrepreneurship that's kind of taking you over. And I, I look forward to seeing what it, what it does for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it's exciting. You know, it's exciting to, I, I mean, dude, just from the, from the simple perspective of, uh, I alone in the past, like two, three months, um, I've even had opportunities to like do some business coaching with people and get them, get them to, you know, kind of unlock themselves and reduce a little bit of that imposter syndrome and kind of give them my story and how I did it and all these other things. And man, I cannot tell you, I, I posted something the other day because it just like hit me differently. Some Somebody posted on LinkedIn or sent me a message on LinkedIn and basically said, dude, ever since you started posting, I've been reading everything you've been posting. And I just started like doing a bunch of different like little projects and and he's like, the, the long story, uh, long story short, he just put at the bottom, he's like, dude, you're an absolute role model for me. And I was just wow. like, whoa, That's- I was like, like, that is insane for that me. Hits, to yeah. Like, I dude, that hits different because yeah. at the same time, I'm not mm-hmm. out here preaching to something that I don't know anything about. I'm keeping things as simple as I can. I'm trying to make it consumable. I'm trying to make it, you know, like just to get the word out there. And if it's just one person that I affect. To me, that's that's all that really matters, and I that's, think, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's just different, and 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 that's that's where I, you know, when somebody like charges your battery, like you were talking yep. about earlier, those things will charge your battery for the next like three four weeks without you ever running out of juice. For for sure, I, I think again, I think it's like that purpose over profit. I, I read this the other day too, like if you strive for profit, you won't find purpose. But if you strive for purpose, you can find profit. And I, and I think there, exactly. that's, that's an interesting statement, man, we should get you on pick my brain, by the way, and you should do a webinar on uh, on personal branding if you're down. I'm absolutely down. I'm I'll, absolutely I'll send down. you some Just stuff for it. Yeah. Tell me when and when and where dude, and I'm there, dude. Perfect. Sounds good, man. Well, I won't take up too much of your time. And I really enjoy chatting. We, we, we shouldn't make it uh, too long before the next one for sure. No, absolutely, man. If you ever want to do, uh, you know, if you ever want to do like a Twitter Spaces or you want to do anything totally. else and chat, uh, do another podcast, uh, talk about anything else. Did you want to touch on anything else? I mean, I I still have you know time if you're not rushing. But oh, oh no, I'm not um, rushing at all. I'd I'd love to plug this okay. little pick my brain thing though. If that's all right with you. Please, please plug sure. it, plug it, and uh, we'll make sure to uh, we'll make sure to add it to the to the notes of the of the podcast. Sure. As well. Yeah. So. We're, we're, so this is one of the things I'm helping them scale, and, and I think you'll you'll appreciate it, and it'll resonate with you too. It's called Meet the World's, World's People, and so it's about connecting um, about a thousand people. Hopefully, is the goal um, by the uh, so a thousand. We're trying to aim for a hundred thousand members by the end of the of the year for the website. We've got you know over a thousand right now, but so Meet the World People is about connecting people in powerful ways and creating a global network and global connection. There'll be a multitude of events online and some in person. So our CEO is traveling around right now. She's in uh, South Asia in the MENA region, trying to unlock some of the knowledge economy over there in Pakistan, India, and, and Dubai, Saudi Arabia, and getting those th- those people online, some of their knowledge as, as freelancers, et cetera. But it's a super interesting way. And, and I think with what's happening right now in the world, you know, your, your net, expanding your network is important. Uh, asking questions is important. And learning from other people's experiences is important. So that's something we're going to be pushing. It's this program called Meet the World's People. It's like 200 bucks. You get a profile with it. Uh, and then you can build your offerings. And 
Uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes and, and what happens from it. Just to give you a little like brief, just uh, empirical evidence. So yeah. the, the founder, Max, Maxine Cunningham's her name, um, just as a founder. So she's doing like, you know, almost 30 MRR on the website and she's done over a oh, thousand wow. kind of one-to-one conversations. So that's, you know, it's pretty lucrative income. And you yeah. know, there's a couple other people on the website doing, doing the same. So there's like, a, like I said, about, you know, a thousand brains on there or something like that right now. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, they, they span everything. Like, so the goal is to be the most diverse knowledge-based marketplace. So, you know, there's someone on there the other day that I saw that was like an Olympic level volleyball player and, you know, talking about dedication and determination and in and, and, and your work and in your process and your daily life. Right. So it the, the really resonated with me because one of the things that I did when I was younger um, was I founded the Creative Mornings Ottawa chapter. I don't know if you've heard of Creative Mornings. Um, no, I haven't. No? So you'd, you'd really like it. So it's a monthly breakfast lecture series for creative people that approach their occupation or their, or their process through an unorthodox fashion. And it was started, uh, it must be almost 15 years ago in Brooklyn. There's over 100 and some chapters around the world. It's, so it happens on the last Friday of every month. There's a, there's a breakfast talk, there's a, there's a talk, and then there's a Q&A. And so I started the Ottawa mm-hmm. chapter about 10 years ago. There's, it's, you know, we've probably had over 30,000 people come to the events now. Um, and okay. it was, it's all about that. It was all about connecting and meeting people and, and hearing about how they've approached their, their challenges and obstacles in life. And so that's one of the reasons that kind of looped me in to, to pick my brain. But you should check it out, uh, Creative Mornings. I'll, I'll, I'll flip it to you. It's, awesome, uh, awesome. Really, Please really do, man. Really interesting series. And you're, you're in the U.S. You're in Utah or Colorado? Uh, no, I'm in California, actually. Oh, you're in California? Oh, I don't know why I thought that. Where yeah. in California are you? I'm in Sacramento, actually. You're in Sacramento? I believe they have a Sacramento chapter, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And, uh, yeah, like you really, I think you'd really enjoy going out there and connecting with uh, some like-minded people. Awesome. Awesome. Please send me that info. I'd, I'd love to. And uh, yeah, pick my brain. I just opened it up on my end and uh, it seems really, really interesting. I'd, uh, I I might need to uh, link up with you and maybe get set up I th- on there. I think we're going like to get you on there, man, for, sh- for sure. I think okay. uh, you, you'd contribute, Perfect. you know, loads to the ecosystem. And like I said, it's, it's different than the other ones because it's not just about the corporate slant. It's not just about right. um, hiring out for consulting hours. Uh, it, it, it spans beyond that. But, but the idea is, is, is this in essence a little bit. When you, when you do mentorship, uh, you know, someone say, hey, can I pick your brain about something? It, it's different than when there's a transaction. When, you, when it's a transaction, you actually build a level of trust. You know, if someone, you know, I'll give you an example. I, I participate every year in the mentorship program. I'm old alma mater um, to teach them that there's other opportunities other than the government and science. Um, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I never get to, like, sometimes they, they're students. So sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't show up. I still like to do it, but it doesn't really matter to me if they show up or they don't show up. It's that's yeah. it's on them. It's the onus is on them. But when there's a financial transaction, that level of trust is built a little bit more, and it, it's expanding on each other's network. There's a level of equality in it, right? Someone's exchanging something of value, whether it's monet- monetary or not, mm-hmm. for something of value from your end, which is knowledge and time. And so that that's that's an equal relationship in terms of trust, and that's how you build a network, right? A, a build a trust building, and so. That's, that's the difference between this and kind of mentorship in, in that capacity. But then also on the other end, too, is, is having those different types of creatives and different types of people from all walks of life on there. And the, yeah. the thought process is a more well-rounded employee or person, for that matter, uh, is, is more effective in whatever they're doing. They're more educated. They're, you know, more more well-read. And so, you know, we're doing a lot of B2B right now with, with I can't really say who, but different kind of companies, corporate companies that are, you know, they would buy X amount of hours on, on Audible for their employees. Well, now they're buying them X amount of hours on, on PMB 
so that they can go do their choose their own learning and, and, and learn at their own speed from whatever topics they want. Right. So, yeah, exactly. So you've got a staff member that you know wants to learn more about growth marketing. Well, they can go out there and, and do that on their own. And the same rings true now for universities as well. So getting students on there so that they can learn a little bit more and getting the, the alumni, sorry, the, um, the faculty on there as well. So it's helping monetize, yeah. you know, professors and things that are, you know, maybe, you know, think about all these people that are on campus that have so much wealth of knowledge, but only in the classroom environment. And they, they've never, right. you know, they, they did their PhD. They've always been in an academic environment. They have no idea that they could, you know, potentially go and do some consulting and, and monetize their right. knowledge and whatever it might be. Right. Uh, because, you know, you're yeah. building a product and you need to talk to uh, someone with a PhD in music. You can go on there and do a little bit of empirical research and, and evidence talking to them. So there's a lot of value in there. I love- I'm super excited to see where it goes. Dude, I love that. I love that. Um, I need to, I need to get involved in that shit somehow, man. I need to, that's I'll, like I'll shoot you some, uh, some links and stuff over the weekend for sure. Please, please do, man. Awesome. Well, uh, Sharif, thank you so much, man, for, no for problem, being man. on the pod. Me. And uh, I'm, we're, we're definitely going to have to do this again because I feel like I can talk to you for the next like three hours. <laughs> yeah. dude, so um, no, this is this is awesome. And uh, let me know what else you want to where people could follow you or, you know, anything else you want to plug in there that that might be. Uh, might be yeah, I mean, uh, you can find me on Twitter. At, uh, sorry, on, on LinkedIn under Sharif Rani and on Twitter at The Scribbler. Feel free to, to follow me. Um, I'd love chatting with people. And uh, anyone looking for like a, a drone, del- wants to do a drone delivery pilot, we're looking for some things. We'll be we'll be in the U.S. doing a bit of a raise tour. So we'll be around the southern U.S. But um, if there's anyone out there that wants to do a, a drone delivery, autonomous drone delivery pilot, we're, we're all ears and we're, we're in that building phase right now. It would be a good opportunity to uh, to chat with us. So um, that's that's really what I wanted to say. And yeah, if there's any other people that love to talk about, you know, purpose building with purpose, purpose-driven businesses and growth marketing, shoot me a message or a DM and we'd love to chat. And, and as well, if you're, if you're ever down in Canada, give me a, give me a I, ring and uh, I'll, I'll take you around. I definitely, I, I definitely will, man. The only place I've been to was Toronto actually, when I went for you Shopify unite in 2018 okay. or 19 or one of those years, I think it was 19 actually, or maybe not. I don't know. Anyway. So that was uh that was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely let you know if I'm in the, in your neck of the woods and same goes for you, man. If you're ever in Sacramento, just, uh, just, uh, pick up the phone and call me, man. I, I'm, I'd be happy to take you around and, and show you around and go eat some tacos somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good, man. For sure. Thanks a lot, man. I really All appreciate right. it. And, uh, yeah, I'll flip you those links uh, over the course of the weekend. Perfect. Have a great Friday. Cheers, brother. Well, you made it to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for tuning into What Is My Brain podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you got some value out of it. Make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button to get notified when new episodes are live. I'm out. Thank you.